Merry Christmas, Jessica! <laughs> oh my goodness. It's me, the Green Goblin! Not the specific one from the upcoming movie, Marvel... <laughs> Sony Entertainment's <laughs> Spider-Man No Way Home in conjunction with an association with Marvel. Sorry, they want me to say these things very specifically. <laughs> Merry Christmas. I'm stopping by doing the podcast circuit. <laughs> so you just showed up to uh, to promote Spider-Man No Way Home? That... And also, weed has been legalized. So I'm promoting my product, my line of CBD products. Green, green goblin. I hate Christmas parties. You offer me some punch, but I just shrug. I hate Christmas parties. You and the cookie tray both hear me say Bahamba. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sadie Hawkins Pod. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Why is there glider smoke all over the place? Exciting. So yeah, we're recording this before. How dare you let us become a shill for Disney? No, it was a shill for Sony Entertainment in association with Marvel Studios. I'm also opposed to that. Um, I was going to say, like, oh, we're recording this before the new Spider-Man movie comes out. So we're not going to spoil anything for you. But of course we are, because it's coming out before <laughs> yeah. the movie comes out. <laughs> Technically, one day before, but by next week we'll have seen it because we ha- do have tickets for Saturday. So that's right. Next week, don't listen in. We're gonna spoil everything. I'm just kidding. We Are we though? Yeah. No, we won't spoil anything. Um, there's this there's this video that is like I don't know what the audio comes from, but it's Green Goblin saying weeds legalized, and then Spider Man shoots him with a machine gun. <laughs> I found this video and for some reason it's just like Jessica and I think it's so funny and we were sober when we found it. <laughs> Spoiler warning, we aren't now. I'm sober. I've only had one sip of my alcohol. Well, that's because this week we're talking about I hate Christmas parties. Right. So I will be playing the role of the drunk girl at the Christmas party. Now, we just did a drunk Patreon episode. Did you want to do a drunk regular episode the same week? Oof. Are we just a wassailin? Is this our week of wassailin? Yeah, that's it. That was- sounds way better than the, the actual truth. definition of wassailin is drinking a ton during Christmas. That's the definition of wassailing. But then, like, you look it up and some people are like, oh, wassailing is Christmas caroling. That's like the... The more conservative explanation of the term wassailing. Like, no, here we come a wassailing. And then Trader Joe's has that, like, wassail or something as a beverage oh. that you can add alcohol to or something around oh, okay. this time of year. News to me. Well, yes, we did do a drunk Patreon episode where we listened <laughs> to the goatee 
Tis the Season to Be Goatee Christmas compilation, the one that has the three Ethan-drummed Reliant K Christmas tracks that aren't found on Let It Snow Baby, Let It Reindeer. Since we finished all three of those songs, we're like, well, let's find out what else is on this comp. And we actually, Jessica, enjoyed it more than she expected. She thought it was all going to be a bunch of glum, sad, slow songs, but it was all like a bunch of peppy, jazzy numbers. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. And... Off of the back of that, we have one voicemail from somebody. I don't even know if he's a patron or how he got so how he got the Patreon episode. But let's let's take a listen to this. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> hey, what's up, guys? It's Daniel, your patron, the guy who is currently subscribed to you on Patreon.com. <laughs> so because I because we were imbibing. I couldn't remember that Daniel, you can see my socks, was a patron now. Because he wasn't for a while. I got my you, brain, Daniel. I knew like you were a, a patron. PC, went to a previous state. <laughs> Someone <laughs> ran a previous state on my brain. There was also a moment in that episode where I said, oh, man, we got to release the episode on the Wallflowers one headlight cover. We had done that. We already we, did that's that? That's the thing. Is when I, did you say that? I said it in the episode, oh, and wow. then you didn't notice, and... <laughs> I didn't realize we'd already released it, so luckily I was able to cut that line out because it wasn't over a song, but I couldn't cut out the Daniel discussion because it was over some music. So Daniel has more to say about our Patreon episode, and if you are confused on what he's talking about, you got to go to patreon.com slash sadiehawkinspod, give us them big, big bucks, and (laughs) we also are finally going to be releasing patron-exclusive merchandise. We did a design for Patreon members that will get exclusive merchandise that you won't be able to buy in front of the paywall because everyone's constantly buying our merchandise. So, That's right. So I just expect the demand for our exclusive <laughs> merchandise to be even higher. Absolutely. Uh, anyway, I just wanted to call in because uh, it was fun to hear Abandoned Kansas on the show. Um, at the band that I'm actually pretty familiar with because they are from Wichita, Kansas, um, about an hour south of where I grew up, and um, I've probably played shows with them, like not in their band, but like as like an opening act for them more than any other band when I was in, uh, actually, I, I, I opened up for them in three different bands, uh, kind of weird to think about, but yeah, I've seen them live a bunch. Um, Jeremy, the singer, has, like, come over to, like, uh, not my house, but, like, my friend that I was in a band with, he, like, came over and hang out, um, told us a couple stories about Reliant K or something. There was also a time where, this was, this was a few years back, and uh, it was later on in, in Bandit Kansas' career, but I went to one of their shows, and uh, Jeremy was a little, he had, he had a couple drinks, and... Uh, He's kind of walking through the crowd, like holding the microphone, and came up to me. He's like, "Whoa, I didn't know Daniel Moraine was gonna be here." It was kind of funny. <laughs> That's nice. I don't know. It's funny. <laughs> it's good to know that abandoned Kansas didn't actually abandon Kansas. They're still Jenny from the block, and I respect that. <laughs> They're still Jenny from the fields, right? Exactly. Um, but yeah, it's a band that I've known pretty well for a long time um i actually saw them for the first time play in high school they came and played it uh we had like a hayrack riot or something like that as like a after sports game activity 
and they played at it, and I was pretty impressed. Sorry, what was that? You had a hayback ride? A hay ride of some kind as after-school activities? Hold on, let's see what he said. Um, I actually saw them for the first time play in high school. They came and played it. Uh, we had like a hay ride ride or something like that as like a after-sports game activity, and they played at it, and I was pretty impressed. I'm confused. He'll have to, a hay back ride ride? I'm not sure. What, is this a specific Kansas thing? It does sound like he's saying hay back ride. It sounds like something they would do in Smallville. Google says we had like a hay rack ride or something like that. I mean, I it could know. be. We went to a new <laughs> dentist so, the other day. We're so culturally confused by Kansas. That's our new it's band okay. name. Culturally confused by Kansas. <laughs> we went to a new dentist the other day, and she asked what our plans for Christmas were, and we mentioned that we were going to see my parents in Florida. And she's like, oh, have you seen real alligators? And I was like, <laughs> yes. Like, having having done some growing up there, I was like, why, yes. And she's like, do they just roam around? That sounds so scary. <laughs> and I was like, well, like, we lived on a lake, so we would see them, like, their heads popping up in the lake, but we didn't, like, really see them wandering around our backyard or anything. But, yeah, we would see them from time to time. And she said, you're so brave. And I was <sighs> like, wow, this is just one of those weird, like, cultural things where it's like, I, I don't know, I never stop to think twice about that. Just make sure you have a fence up so that your dogs are safe. Like, that's all that I ever really think about in terms of, of alligators. Yeah, alligators in Florida, it's a big problem. Like, they roam around, they take our jobs. They, <laughs> nowadays, with, like, with like DoorDash and stuff, they'll go into a restaurant and they'll take, like, a DoorDash order off the shelf that they have nothing to do with and they'll eat it. Like, it's a big problem. Like in high school and, and when I was going to college, my parents lived in Celebration. And that is where Disney just dumped all of the alligators that they didn't want on their like official property where they were putting like the theme parks and resorts and stuff. Mm -hmm. So we would have a little bit of an issue every now and then there, but not really. Right. And it's not like the wild alligators in the in the populated areas were like big or anything. No, they were always tiny. Yeah. And then eventually you would just call your your long guys and they would pick them up and take them to, I don't know, Gatorland or something. I don't know where they took them. Yeah, there were multiple Gatorlands and they're all mini golf courses with petting zoos. No, 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 no. So you're getting confused, Dan. (laughs) Mini golf courses would have alligators in Florida. Yes. But there was a specific Gatorland in the Orlando area Mm. where... You would have to go on field trips if you were from the Orlando area. All right. Well, I'm just a big old idiot. I'm sorry. <laughs> speaking of regional and, Here, and speaking Kansas. Speaking of big old idiots, here's Daniel with the rest of his voice. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I thought that's what Jessica was going to say. Sending out like. Oh, right. Yeah, hoping that everybody in like Kansas and Kentucky and all that that Midwestern era Tennessee are all doing okay with, with all of the tornadoes. tornadoes. I hadn't heard about that in the news, but then I got an email from work about like what we could do for, you know, to to donate in support and I'm like, "What is this?" and because I hadn't looked at the news yet, and I was like, "Oh my gosh." Yeah, so I hope everyone's doing all right. I hope Everyone we know. I guess Daniel must be doing fine if he's just sending us voicemails today. So that's good to know. 
you're not an idiot. We were just joking. I'm so sorry. And now I feel bad just making the joke. Damn, Danny. But he's got to explain to us, is a hayride, like, bands play a hayride? Like, hey, everyone, come down to the hayride. We're going to have a band play. I mean, that sounds adorable and cute. Yeah, it does. But they have, like, hayrides at, at, like, Halloween time. So is it a Halloween thing or is it a year-round thing? But to say it's the hayride and a band played the hayride. Like, I I mean, I lived in the Northeast. I lived in Boston. There were hayrides. But they weren't the thing that you call the event. They were like, come right. down to the apple orchard for apple picking. There'll be a there'll be a band and a hayride and other stuff. But it's just funny that he called it it seems like he called it the hayride and the and a band in Kansas played the hayride. Right. Because it just makes me think you set up the band in the back of a tractor trailer and they're getting pulled along. Maybe live. they do. <laughs> it's like a parade. <laughs> they go through the corn maze. <laughs> Yeah, good band. Definitely check more of their stuff out. Like the the Ad Astro Cross album is my favorite. Also, the uh, We're All Going Somewhere EP um, is really good. Um, yeah, good band. Um, also, <laughs> I feel like your podcast and the Good Christian Fun podcast have been converging a lot lately. They've just like on their, I think on their last Patreon episode featured uh dominic the donkey in their episode as well so weird that that keeps happening i don't know whether it's just because it's christmas time and there's just a lot of overlap there in sort of christian adjacent circles but yeah uh never heard that song before like two weeks ago and now i've heard it twice by different people so oh ow have a good one i had never heard of it before your family really said they liked it yeah i never heard it I mean, maybe I had heard it, but didn't pay any special attention to it. I feel like it was sort of more of more an obscure song, like years ago when my mom and I discovered it. And now it feels like it's everywhere. They definitely play it on like the Sirius XM channels mm-hmm. um, every year, and yeah. But what is it? The Good Christian Podcast? I have yeah. not heard of that. That sounds nice. No, they've called us since... Uh, n- n- oh, the never podcast. mind. Never <laughs> mind. Have totally heard of them. Love their work. <laughs> no, they have never called us. Daniel and I think one other person who I can't remember who it was right now, so I won't even hazard a guess, have mentioned them. They're a pretty popular Christian, like, post-evangelical podcast. That's right. Someone called up and said how they have like a ranking of their like most hated songs or something every year and mood rings kept making the list like every year topping the list every year and for like worst christian song and they had to like retire it from the rankings and i'm sorry have they never heard collapsible lung (laughs) but then my point was like mood rings isn't really a christian song because like i have been delineating that line much more recently we talk about it here and there on this podcast disaster Right. <laughs> We're banging after church while the kids watching Finding Nemo or whatever. And people also tag us in good Christian fun things when it's related to Reliant K or things we've talked about recently. So they seem to be, they're a bigger podcast. Like I, uh, yeah, they're one of the random podcasts I haven't listened to. Like I actually listen to like newer podcasts because when I'm like, tr- not trolling, when I'm creeping on Reliant K uh, hashtags and mentions on Twitter and I find some random new podcast that's talking about Reliant K I'll listen to them but I still haven't caught up with good Christian fun plus anytime anyone tags us together with them they never reach out to us and they're the bigger podcast so what's up what's up good Christian fun you too good and Christian for us (laughs) oh no
<laughs> sure. We're just here in our kitchen. We're just here in our kitchen with our seven Spotify listeners. But we're making it work. Exactly. Yeah, I'll check them out sometime. It just also is like, and this is a very recent thing. I mean, like, really. Do this... you think they know about hay rides in Kansas? <laughs> Maybe. I have no idea where they're from. But especially as I've like the last, probably the last year, and I've been talking about this here and there on the podcast when I really realized like I was not because of Facebook groups and because of all of these random little podcasts that I listen to in like tech from like people from Texas and people from all these other states. And, you know, Magnified Pod certainly touches on it as well, but they have like a certain like much more progressive and, uh, you know, wider worldview, like they're, they're choices of music and their love of music is wider but when i listen to like smaller podcasts that come from real like christian communities and they were raised like strictly in a youth group culture and i'm like i was and then i look at stuff on facebook i'm like i just really wasn't like evangelical i just i it's really been like a shocking revelation recently so i i realized like in hindsight like i'm like i'm not necessarily drawn to a podcast that's dissecting all of this christian culture because my parents didn't impose upon me like you can only partake in christian culture the funny thing for me was i like you know loved the lord (laughs) i was a little good danny who loved the lord and sure i watched sinful stuff like comedy central and everything (laughs) And Conan O'Brien and Saturday Night Live and The Simpsons. But I also, of my own volition, would take part in whatever, like, Christian media there was. Like, my decision to go check out Christian punk, my mom pushed me towards it. But, like, it was my decision to check those out and add those to my repertoire of bands. And then, like, watching VeggieTales, I was already older than the VeggieTales audience was intended for. So I watched those on purpose. And then, like, any little Christian movies that I still liked from my childhood that maybe my mom got me a tape or like a, someone at the church got us all you know tapes for a christian movie as a gift christian mingle uh-huh <laughs> christian mingle the movie just once in a while jessica mentions christian mingle the movie you but just, just did the spiel two episodes ago but you just say christian mingle you don't say christian mingle the movie so it makes it sound like you're talking about the website overall <sighs> Lacey chabert christian mingle the movie Amazing movie. Not not amazing, but amazing film. <laughs> so anyway, let's move on from You just all of love that. Lacey Chabert. I had a big crush on Lacey Chabert because we're the same age. And I had a crush on her since, like, we were both, like, kids, basically. Like, when she was a kid actress and I was her same age, I had a crush on her. And then she grew up into a Hallmark movie person. And I'm like, well, that's lame. I can't like her anymore. I'm just kidding. <laughs> We want Jessica to get a job at the Hallmark. Crown Media Dude, is right would, here in the San Fernando uh, Valley. And if Jessica got a job with Crown Media, my her parents, parents would, would be, be so proud. proud. Oh, man. Like, I would really feel, I would not personally feel like like I really made it in life. But damn, I would feel so good because I'd be like, my parents are going to be so proud of me. And I, that would just fill my heart with joy. <laughs> If any listeners out there work for Crown Crown Media, Media, please, like, I'll I'll shoot you my resume. (laughs) 
I swear I won't make fun of the movies or anything. I'll I'll, I'll be good. Can you imagine the Christmas parties when you work for Crown oh, Media? Oh shit! Right? Can you imagine the Christmas party? Because we here oh, on here, I bet that's not a Christmas party one would hate. Here on Ventola, Ventura Boulevard, famous Boulevard, the Boulevard of California, as far as I'm concerned, we live we live really close to it. The Crown Media is on Ventura Boulevard. We pass it and all when the you time. Pass it at Christmas time. They wrap the whole building in as, as a giant present. Yeah, it is wrapped up in red and green, like a package. And there's a countdown outside that's been out there since a billboard that's been up since October, October maybe September even, and it counts down the days until Christmas. And I bet you that they all get to go to Bell's Bakery for lunch all the time, right? <laughs> now Keep we're getting real specific and <laughs> and what's that what's that train hot dog place carnies carnies so anyway <laughs> <laughs> before we lived in los angeles when i used to listen to earwolf podcasts and like all the all the main popular comedy podcasts from from los angeles i'd get so annoyed when they would just talk local california references and now we do it on our podcast <laughs> but we don't do it that much so we're talking I, I only for- listen to a Toronto based podcast <laughs> and I'm only ever delighted when they keep it local. <laughs> well, that's good. They're like I had so much trouble parking today, a eh? and like the 10 feet of snow and I'm like adorable. Look at you with your Tim Hortons. I love it. I want to go to Tim Hortons. I haven't been since high school. I got to go to Tim Hortons in the early 2000s because they made a big push in America in a couple of the main test markets. And living in New England, uh, Rhode Island was one another famous test markets like where KFC will try their like chicken on chicken on chicken on cheese sandwich. You know, you know what I'm talking about, right? Like yes. the KFC, like I'm making things up. Yes, now, but the, I, I know the what KFC you pizza, and like you never see that nationally, but it starts in a test market. I can't remember all the states where the te- where the main test markets it's are. It's always the Midwest, and yeah. then randomly Rhode Island. Yeah, exactly. Te- Rhode Island, for some reason, is a smaller test market. I guess that's the best. Well, it is a very tiny state. Yeah, I guess if they want to see how will this go with Northeasterners, like, we'll get some of the New York transplants, we'll get some of the Boston transplants, the ones who settled into Rhode Island in this weird little middle ground, but probably, like... Uh, real estate and stuff is cheaper there. So once in a while, this test market stuff that would make headlines nationally, but they'd be like, you can only get this in Michigan or some state like that, you'd actually find it in Rhode Island. So Tim Hortons made a big push for uh, Rhode Island, and it ultimately failed. And I got to go there while they still existed uh, after an Aquabat show. Yeah, I went to one in either D.C. or New York, and I can't remember which because we went on a uh, my my 12th grade, my senior year of school field trip was to New York and D.C., and I remember us stopping at Tim Hortons, probably because our headmaster was Canadian, our science teacher was Canadian, <laughs> there was a pretty decent number of, that's the thing about Orlando, is that you get a lot of transplants in Orlando, and we had a lot of British and Canadian uh, transplants in my school. Yeah. So they had us go to Tim Hortons, and I definitely remember that. And then we also probably went like a year before that. My parents probably stopped because we went to Niagara Falls and I think Toronto. Uh, we went to the the Canadian side of uh, of Niagara Falls and 
If you say so. I know. I don't this, know if I need this, you. You're yeah. not a reliable narrator. But anyway, <laughs> I hate Christmas parties. Do you know who is a reliable narrator? <laughs> reliable Jay. That's true. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. I'm just saying. Sure, sure. Just like I said, I only listen to I only listen to one podcast, and it's Toronto based. But I fully believe and support in Reliable Jay. Think well, that's great. Yes, I like that you were going to say thank you. <laughs> <laughs> go check out josh's reliable j podcast it is the season be giving your love to all other relying k podcasts of which there is one other go subscribe to him as well anyway i hate christmas parties well i bet you wouldn't hate christmas parties if you worked for crown media but this week we are talking about the song i hate christmas parties and this is where it gets sticky as performed by reliant k or Matt Thiessen and the Earthquakes. So when I announced on Twitter ahead of time that this was the song we're doing this week, Daniel, who also called us up this week, he he, he got like, uh, you know, like, uh, what, what would be the word? Contemptuous? No, he got like, what? he got questioning. He, he questioned, this, he's like, but that's an Earthquake song. And I'm like, well, sure, it's an Earthquake song, but it's a Reliant K song. And this is where it gets like sticky. Okay, so first of all, of course we're going to do this song because it is on two Reliant K releases. Now we can get into the gray area of is this a Matt Thiessen and the Earthquake song, and it is, etc., etc. But this has been canonized as a Reliant K song by being on two different Reliant K CDs, and only one of them even makes the effort to say this is by Matt Thiessen and the Earthquakes. So on Deck the Hall, Bruise Your Hands, we, you know, which is t- which was 10 songs at the time in 2003 when it was released. Uh, let's see. I Hate Christmas Parties was track number nine. So second to last, the penultimate song of the record. Wow. And then there's an asterisk next to it. And it says, performed by Matthew Thiessen and the Earthquakes. Now at the time... Matthew Thiessen and the Earthquakes have been around forever, and I would love to actually get, like, an official timeline about the history of Matthew Thiessen and the Earthquakes, right? Because, like, if you get this CD and you look at it as some as a kid and you're, like, you don't really have a ton of information about, a ton of deep information about Reliant K. It's not like Rolling Stone is giving in-depth interviews with Reliant K in 2003 and stuff, you know? And you look at this and you're like, track nine performed by Matthew Thiessen and the Earthquakes. Who are Matthew Thiessen and the Earthquakes? Like, now we kind of know with the internet. And yes, there's an internet in 2003. That was just his personal MySpace name. Right. I followed Matthew Thiessen and the Earthquakes because it was just Thiessen. Right. So this is the thing. Like, I would love to get, like, a real, like, the oral history, the secret history of Matthew Thiessen and the Earthquakes. Because the first time I ever heard about Matthew Thiessen and the Earthquakes, and we talked about this when we did that song, but Jefferson Airplane, when Jefferson Airplane was on the Creepy EP, I, and it had not, and Two Lefts wasn't even out yet. Two Lefts wasn't even announced. I probably, probably hadn't even recorded it yet. At Soul Fest one year, I went up to Reliant K, went up to Matt and Matt, and I said, I think it was Matt and Matt. I actually, to be fair, I don't remember exactly which member of the band because it all kind of like comes to, it all kind of been Brian and Dave. It could have been Brian and Dave, but I think it was at least one Matt. So it could have been like Brian and Matt Hoops or something. And I go up to them and I'm like, oh, I really, I have the EP that you guys put out this year and I really loved Jefferson Airplane. Are you going to like break that out? 
and they were like, oh, you know, that was actually a Matthew Thiessen and the Earthquake song. Now, this is, like, apocryphal, because, like, when I came to the, with this information on the Jefferson Airplane episode, like, I couldn't find proof. I couldn't find any, like, source. It's only me and my first-hand source of being told in 2002 or whenever that... Jefferson Airplane was a Matt Thiessen and the Earthquake song. But they explained to and then that's the first time I heard of Matt Thiessen and the Earthquakes. So it's this weird thing that just kind of floated around forever, since, since pretty much going almost all the way back to the beginning of Reliant K. So I really think that Matthew Thiessen and the Earthquakes was really intrinsic with Reliant K. I don't think that that line necessarily existed with the band as a business like i think like if matt if Tyson sat down and did a solo kind of song or wrote a song it seems like he was brewing this idea about matt Tyson and earthquakes forever because like all this stuff was going on apparently jefferson airplane the creepy ep version which later gets released as the demo on burden the b-sides i was told back then when i was like 20 years old that it was recorded as Matt Thiessen and the Earthquakes. Yeah, it feels like it was just a side project that was maybe just Thiessen playing everything that he was like, uh, this doesn't really fit in with Reliant K, so I'll keep it for the side project that I really want to do. Yeah, and once in a while, maybe if a song incubated in his brain enough or if the rest of the band would hear it, they'd say, no, this song kind of works for, for yeah. us. Because to me, like Jefferson Airplane is was, was Thiessen trying to record a Page of the Lion song. Not 100%, but there are absolutely, like, examples of that across, like, all kinds of bands where they're, like, you know, and, and music artists who are, like, well, here's a, a, a songwriter saying, I love this band. I want to write my version of one of their songs. The only example I can really think of now is, like, Mike Herrera, when he wrote the song Screw Loose, he said, I want to write a Black Flag song. It will ultimately be an MXPX song, but this is as if MXPX wrote a black flag song so to me and we're still i'm still stuck on jefferson airplane but to me jefferson airplane was Tyson sitting down and saying i want to write a page of the lion song it will not be a page of the lion song it will be a matt Tyson song or a reliant k song by extension but i will start out saying what if i write something that sounds like page of the lion through me as a lens Tyson. You listen to this song and this is Tyson sitting down and saying i want to write a ben folds song I want to write a Ben Folds song because <laughs> I love Ben Folds. And and actually, I have absolute support for that, which we'll get to in a second. That this was essentially Tyson. Unlike the Jefferson Airplane stuff, which I can't support other than my own memories, I can't support the Ben Folds connection. Tyson sat down and said, I want to write a Ben Folds song. He sat down, he wrote it. Um, the only people who recorded on this track are Tyson and Mark Lee Townsend. They're the only ones. It's not like there were other members of the band. It's not like the earthquakes as we know them today with Robert Gay and all those. And <laughs> I don't know any of the other members of the official earthquakes who released the album. We just know Robert Gay because he's a friend of the podcast. But um, yeah, it's so I think the lines were far more blurred for Tyson and the Earthquakes in the early 2000s. And it really didn't fully matter if something was a Tyson and the Earthquakes song. I think it's just when Tyson was in the studio with Mark by himself and the rest of the band wasn't around, that was Tyson and the Earthquakes and something could easily graduate 
to rely on K sure. when necessary. Yeah. That's my understanding. And eventually, yeah. when the band really... Or maybe sl- anything that felt a little bit different. Right. That felt like a little bit of a departure from the normal Reliant K sound. I'm sure that there are more Reliant K songs, like actual canonical on the main CDs songs that may have started as Earthquake songs that have no like proof... Sure. Or no interviews or no demos that show they started as Earthquake songs. We said, oh, this makes sense as Reliant K, and he moved it to Reliant K. And on the same side, like, there are plenty of songs that never saw the light of day. I mean, ultimately, Wind Up Bird is so much different from what Earthquakes seem to be gearing up to be. When you listen to the My Other Band comp, and when you listen to these couple of Reliant K uh, uh, songs that were released... With the asterisks of saying this is a Tisa and the Earthquake song. Tisa and the Earthquake seemed to be more of kind of a early 2000s indie rock thing. Like a Jade Tree, Page of the Lion sort of thing. And then ultimately, it was this completely other sort of like indie pop, country tinge thing when Wind Up Bird came together. And I'm sure Wind Up Bird only came together because Reliant K really finally slowed down. Like Reliant K was remained such an integral, time-consuming part of his life that he didn't seem to get an Earthquakes project done overall because Reliant K really was taking all the time. So that's my opinion on is this an Earthquake song or Reliant K song. To say that, like, yeah, it might have started. And we so what I hinted at before is that Mark Lee Townsend opened up the stems for this song in a YouTube video, like he did for 12 Days of Christmas. He did in back in 2020 of Christmas, back in <laughs> Christmas of 2020, he opened up the Pro Tools of this song and talked about the history of the song. So on the song, it is just Mark Lee Townsend and Tyson. It was basically Tyson came to Mark while the rest of the band was off and said, I got this song, let's start working on it. And they put it together and then at some point they said, well, this is a great Christmas song. Let's just put it in with the Deck the Hall Bruise Your Hands. And we'll, and I guess, and now I'm extrapolating, but it's like, we'll mark off specifically that it's a Tyson and Earthquake song. But then by the time Let It Snow Baby, Let It Reindeer comes out, there's no mention, I'm holding the CD in my hand right now, there's no mention on Let It Snow Baby, Let It Reindeer that this was intended as an Earthquake song. So even though it was recorded by the quote-unquote Earthquakes, and released as a Reliant K song. I think it now lives as a Reliant K song. I don't think there's a lot of other examples of that happening in popular music of where a side project recorded a band, but then it's canonized as the main band, like the actual recording. Mm-hmm. One example I threw at Daniel on Twitter was Can't Complain. How Can't Complain is not... I've been sitting here waiting to say collapsible long. Sorry. <laughs> well, Can't Complain, yeah. we know... Tyson is the only person on that from Reliant K. There's no Ethan, Johns, Johns, or Hoops on the Can't Complain studio recording. But I can see how that doesn't line up 100% because it was written as a Reliant K song. They attempted it as a Reliant K song. It failed, and they brought in some studio players and got it done and on the record as Reliant K. I see how that's And it specific. still failed. <laughs> but in this case, this was Mark Lee Townsend and, and Tyson sitting down saying, okay, let's do some Earthquakes work, recording this song, and ultimately saying, well, let's release this on our, our Reliant K record. So, but the fact that it's the same members, I guess the closest thing you I can think of right now, and again, going back to MXPX, is MXPX and the band Arthur. 
like the band Arthur was MXPX writing some slower sort of emo-esque it was it was my career is concept of emo which is not really fully emo but his kind of like concept of emo combined with some like uh influences like tom petty and stuff that ultimately did end up on the everything uh ever passing moment record so that was but really when you look at arthur it's just mxpx but they're just calling it arthur because the songs are slightly different but then later on on ever passing moment there are songs on there that could have easily been on an arthur record and they were probably started as arthur songs and there's songs on panic by MXPX that sound like tumble dong, tumble down songs, <laughs> tumble tumble dong songs. That ultimate. So it, like, if you're the main songwriter and you have multiple projects, things kind of shift around. I vaguely kind of knew one of the guys involved in um, uh, Westbound Train, and he had multiple projects at the time. I didn't really know him. I only knew him. I only talked to him at shows when Mass Hysteria, which was a local Massachusetts ska band, and Westbound Train would play. And, like, I hear him talking as I'm kind of, like, milling about, like, oh, I wrote another song, don't know which band I'm going to give it to. Like, that's kind of the thing that happens when you're, like, a main singer-songwriter of a project. You, like, write these songs, you're like, what band am I going to give this to? Right. So I think this is a Reliant K song, and it is also an Earthquake song, but I think it is now more of a Reliant K song, if for no other reason then cd database <laughs> you put the cd in your itunes and it says it's a relying k song and i mean it went from deck the halls bruise your hand and then made it on to let it snow baby let it reindeer right. so that definitely well, no does sort cut. of yeah well true but that definitely does sort of canonize it more as a relying k song whether it has a fully reliant k feel or not right which it, i think it does have a relying k feel I think there's a lot of DNA of Deathbed in this song. I mean, there is a lot. Oh. There is a lot of DNA of Deathbed in this song. I was going to more say that I did feel like it could be a five score song. So that yeah. does that tracks. Honestly, like it, it, it would. I think I think it would be kind of a fallacy to say like without. I hate Christmas parties. You wouldn't have Deathbed. Like that's stretching it. But I do think that a lot of the ideas that would ultimately become Deathbed melodically. Not uh, not the whole story lyrics thing, but melodically the ideas that would become Deathbed. Some of those same ideas are shown here in a proto version with I Hate Christmas Parties, especially that changeover into the ba-da-ba-ba-ba part. Like, there, that is a very Deathbed type thing. I was going to say, I actually really like the fa-la-las from the, it's like a very Beach Boysy harmonizing kind of feel that happens yep. around minute three. And we'll play the Markley Townsend video in just a minute, but he specifically says that was the goal to do a Beach Boys thing with this song. There you go. And so, yeah, I see how that is like a five score thing overall, because there's, I think five score probably has the most Beach Boys influence. Mm-hmm. So at least that and, like, really came across. Yeah. And five score has one of the other undisputed earthquake songs that got graduated up to a Reliant K song, Faking My Own Suicide. So maybe five score kind of has the most DNA of what Tyson was trying to do with the earthquakes. And now I'm just making theories here, but maybe because Tyson is Tyson is doing, they've got Reliant K and it's still kind of like a youth group christian bookstore you know touring and opening with switchfoot and five iron frenzy and supertones kind of band 
So he's also got this other band on the side called The Earthquakes, where maybe he's doing his more like doing this other type of music that he's thinking is going to be kind of more artistic, The Earthquakes. It's going to be more inspired by Ben Folds and Page of the Lion and bands that are a little bit more, and influences that are a little bit more credible than to say your band is a pop punk band like Reliant K, right? But then the Reliant K just keeps growing and growing and growing throughout the early 2000s. And then they get bumped up to Capitol Records. And now they're working on Five Score and Seven Years Ago, which is their major label official debut more than mm-hmm, because that was recorded for Goatee Records and bumped up to Capitol. So maybe Five Score as an album has some more maybe it has a lot of dna of this idea of these these pocket these things that Tyson was keeping in his pocket for his quote unquote credible band but relying yeah. hey just kept snowballing yeah. and snowballing every year to the point where he's like oh well i've been working on this thing called the earthquakes since brian was in the band and now the Johns are in the band. And, it, and Reliant K just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I guess I'm never going to get around to this Earthquakes thing. So a lot of the DNA of what he was kind of thinking about and working on with that side project, with that solo project, ends up in five score. And I see how, yeah, this song connects to the sound and the feel and the vibe of five score, if that is an accurate timeline to how this all came out. Right. At all. Yeah, that sounds highly plausible. Yeah. Like, you have your things and you're like, oh, I'm going to save this for, like, this other project, this bigger project that I'm thinking about. And, like, I know I have my main gig, but, like, I don't want to use it for that. I want to save it for this other thing because, I mean, it doesn't really fit in there and it could fit in, but I feel like I just want to save it for this other thing that I think is going to be bigger, better, That's or more, more artistic. Thing. Yeah, it's more personal to me. Especially if Reliant K on the first album was all... They did the Ramones first album thing where yeah. everyone in the band got a communist chunk of each publishing song. Right. Which I'm, I, I'm saying, I'm not saying communist in an accusatory way, but everyone got an equal chunk of the pie for the publishing on the first album. So, yeah, if they're kind of seeing this as this is our punk band, this is our punk rock pop punk band, but Tista and Earthquakes, that's going to be me. That's going to be me as the songwriter. But Reliant K just keeps getting bigger and bigger and he can express and do more in Reliant K and he's realizing and they need that because they're growing as a band. And even though Reliant K overall is was very humble when you find those interviews about them getting bigger during mm mm-hmm and five score. Sure, they're being very humble, but they know like they know this is still something they need to pursue. This is the thing that is working for, uh, you know, for an audience overall. So. Yeah, I mean, I like how we've barely talked about I Hate Christmas Party. Yeah. We talked so much about <laughs> these theories about how maybe the timeline of Matisse and the Earthquakes. And I, I'm actually really enjoying thinking about this. <laughs> <laughs> well, getting back to the song a little bit, I think this is a mix of literal and metaphorical Tyson. Okay. Interesting. I, I think that it's kind of kind of a mix up in there because you definitely have some 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 good like metaphors and allegories and things like that but I think that those are kind of like uh wordplay but I think that that's mixed in with probably what was just going on and he was writing down at that time possibly so yeah this song I think is very very strongly influenced by Ben Folds I was n- I the only Ben Folds albums I ever had were the Ben the main Ben Folds 5 li- uh let me see sorry 
I should have, I could have written these down earlier. So I had the main Ben Folds five album, whatever and ever, amen. And then I had, and I didn't, and then I got the, the, the Ben Folds solo album, rock in the suburbs. Um, let's see. Songs for Silverman was 2005. So that would have been after this. So this was probably pretty heavily influenced by rock in the suburbs, which rock in the suburbs has this like kind of now it's a little infamous, where it's like it's like Ben Folds kind of like the whole point of the song Rock in the Suburbs is like I'm male middle class and white and it's like a joke but it also gets a little iffy when like and it's meant as a joke and I know it's meant as a joke but it's not aged well where it's like he's talking about uh, like being white and it's like why are you always judging me because I'm white like it's not my fault that there were slaves <laughs> Oh wow! <laughs> but like the, that's the joke, and he tried to sell it fully, but it just it fu- doesn't really fully age well. That's the that's the title track, but there are these other sort of ballady songs on here. Like okay, here's one: Fred Jones Part Two. This is absolutely when I heard "I Hate Christmas Parties," a song that I thought probably strongly influenced. I'm just gonna skip around. So what I remember from the song Fred Jones Part 2 is I think it's about like some old, an aging guy and like someone entering their uh, retirement years at some company and he's kind of given his life to a company and now he's like retiring or being forced into retirement. And it's this kind of like sad song, but it's a real emotional song. And I think this was probably a big influence on I Hate Christmas Parties like tone and melodically. Do you see what I'm saying, though? I'm, yeah. Yes. I, I I think this is this song and a couple of other these sadder ballads on the Rock in the Suburbs album were probably big influences on this I Hate Christmas Party song. But then you take the Tyson positivity in the face of glumness. Like, the sad songs on Rock in the Suburbs are real sad. I mean, Ben Folds 5's biggest song was brick it was it was brick and it's a song about getting an abortion on christmas eve oh good lord like most people don't know that goodness gracious <laughs> the song brick by ben folds which is like their biggest song and i think a lot of people would know it if you actually pay attention to the words it is literally about this song do you recognize this melody at all okay yeah. this was like a 1997 i think kind of like big somber radio hit gotcha yeah i'm in no way like familiar with ben folds but weird random story i happened to see ben folds perform at purdue (laughs) university because my cousin went there and when i was younger i like went to visit and she's like oh let's go to this show that's happening and I went with my cousins and I just like listened and was like, oh, this is nice, I guess, but never looked into it. And so now every time I hear the name, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's who we saw. Like, at that well, show. you took me you once you randomly <laughs> took me to see uh, Flock of Seagulls. <laughs> yeah, because they were playing Founders Day in celebration. <laughs> 
So, I mean, Ben Folds, pretty big, influential artist. But, yeah, I think this song... And uh, after the break, we'll get into the Mark Lee Townsend video. But Mark Lee Townsend specifically says this was very... This song was influenced by Ben Folds. And uh, maybe if I hadn't... I think I got the Rock in the Suburbs album from, from a Virgin Megastore for, like, five bucks. Gotcha. On clearance in, like, 2004 or five, like, a couple years after it came out. So if I... I was just, like, it was one of those whims of, like, if, if it's five bucks, I'll grab a physical copy of this album. I, I remember <laughs> April is all worked up because she wants a walk. <laughs> I had owned the major Ben Folds 5 album forever say, and ever, I don't know amen, if you can hear her, but... Ever after, amen. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, Ben Folds 5 solo album, five bucks, sure. Got it. And if I hadn't bought it, I probably wouldn't have made the connection melodically to the I Hate Christmas Parties thing. But Mark Lee Townsend will explain that all when we get back from our break, unless Jessica has more notes first. Uh, nope, nope, I'm good. My only note is that we need to walk the dog. <laughs> okay, well, we'll go walk the dog while you listen to our Christmas ad. What's that? What are you saying? Tell the people, tell people happy Christmas. Merry Christmas. Ho, 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 Merry Christmas. We hope the season meets you with love and comfort and ask that if you're enjoying Sadie Hawkins Pod, please show love and comfort to us by rating and reviewing the show on Apple Podcasts. We also want to remind you to call your family if you can't be with them this season and to call and interact with our show at our voicemail line, 402-95-SADIE. After you write your letter to Santa, you can send an email to sadiehawkinspod at gmail.com and visit our Instagram and Twitter, which are both at sadiehawkinspod. Once you and all the shoppers rush home with your treasures, curl up by the Yule Log and visit sadiehawkinspod.com for the link to our merch store for shirts, mugs, and stickers. We also want to wish a very Merry Christmas to our patrons at patreon.com slash sadiehawkinspod. There's Joshua A, Timothy, Daniel, Josh M, J.R., Eric, Joel, Connor, Michael, Samantha, Jimmy E. Pod, This Might Be a Podcast, Tucker, and Brady. You can sign up to our Patreon for bonus episodes, which include us reviewing the songs from K is for Karaoke and our read-through of the Complex Infrastructure book. Join the war on Christmas with Sadie Hawkins Pod. Oh, wait, what? That's how it works, right? Uh... It is so cold outside. I actually, <laughs> it wasn't like a bit, like we really did need to give April her walk. And I went outside and it is in the 40s for Los Angeles. I mean, it's in, the, it, you know, 40 degrees is 40 degrees. <laughs> and it only nope, changes. It feels totally different here. No, I'm just kidding. It does feel a little different in that you're, it, it only feels a little different in that we're used to warmer weather and right. now you're like oh suddenly it's yeah, chilly our buildings aren't insulated so if you know the whole world starts to get colder you know if climate continues to like Oof. change because there's some sort of like thing causing like the climate to change <laughs> california won't be ready but it's cold i could see my breath walking april and april being the fat little little fat tire she is she didn't, she's just like come on he says that because he has a fat tire beer sitting in front of him. Tire, Amber Ale. So, um, 
Yeah, so I hate Christmas parties. We didn't even talk about Christmas parties or the lyrics to the song or anything. Oh, that's right. But maybe does your deep dive kind of tie into that and we can kind of get back to that section that we skipped? Or do you uh, want to look at the lyrics? We we could look at the lyrics. I the lyrics already have perfect. song meanings opened up because okay, that is well, where go. we're going first this week uh, in the deep dive. So let's look at the lyrics to I Hate Christmas Parties by Matt Teeson and Earthquakes. Oh, one other place that I should mention is that I, bu- I do, I believe, I do not, I own a copy, but it's definitely in the storage unit. Happy Christmas Volume 3, which is the Tooth and Nail Christmas compilation series. I, it seems like I Hate Christmas Parties is credited to Matt Teeson and the Earthquakes on there. Because hmm. at least on YouTube today, the Happy Christmas Volume 3 comp is credited to Matt Thiessen and the Earthquakes, not Reliant K. Uh, didn't go any deeper than that. I didn't try to find... You know, it's like Happy Christmas Volume 1 and 2 are like really fun. They're like all of the late 90s tooth and nail bands that I love. But then Happy Christmas Volume 3, I got it because it had Matt Thiessen or, or Reliant K or whatever on it. But there weren't like a lot of bands that I absolutely loved. Oh, and I didn't really mention, but yeah, uh, Daniel's discussion of Abandoned Kansas makes me very, very interested in them. So, yeah, so AZ Lyrics calls it uh, a Reliant K song, but let's not go to AZ Lyrics. Here we go. Genius. Genius. April, we took you outside. (laughs) Now she wants more treats. She's like, well, I went outside. She was an extra good girl. She made two. She boom got booms. three treats. <laughs> two Christmas boom booms. She got, she got three treats. She's fine. Uh, I hope <laughs> it snows this week. A snowflake on your cheek would make this Christmas so beautiful. Yeah, I don't know if he's like you said a mix of literal Tyson and sort of um, fictional Tyson. Oh, and that's what I meant when I started talking about Ben Folds. Is that a lot of Ben Fold songs, if, you know, that is the main uh, musical influence on this song. April believes it is. A lot of Ben Fold songs are fictional. Like flat out fictional stories that he writes. I mean, a lot of them are based on his experience and stuff. We picked up April. She's First of all, she's been shirking her engineering duties for, for months, to be honest. Yeah, it's really gotten out of hand. <laughs> and now you think like, oh, it's my Christmas vacation time. So you guys got it. You know how to run the audacity. Her little hands on the kitchen table. <laughs> her little her little dog hand. <laughs> so, the ben, so Ben Folds, especially like the Rock in the Suburbs album, has a lot of like fictional stories. So it seems to me like it would make a lot of sense... If he was listening to a bunch of Ben Folds and was like, let me kind of make a combination of fiction and real influences like a Ben Folds song. So I hope it snows this week. A snowflake on your cheek would make this Christmas so beautiful. But that would just bring the pain because things can't stay the same. These holidays won't be wonderful. I look under under the tree, but there's nothing to see. Because it's a broken heart that you've given, that you're giving me. I can't figure you out. Is this what Christmas is all about? Because it's a broken heart that you're giving me. So this is just basically like a breakup song <laughs> set during Christmas, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think I ever really specifically noticed that. Especially a song called I Hate Christmas Parties. You would kind of think it's just generally 
about a person who's kind of an introvert. Yeah. And just doesn't yeah. like or like me with my general feeling of Christmas carols overall about how like it's too cold out. Can't we just like why why is, <laughs> why do we right. gotta pretend? But instead and stuff? it's about like running into your ex at a Christmas party. Right, which I never really understood, but there are at least three FMVs which recreate that literally. They recreate literally running into your ex at a Christmas party. Amazing. I don't want to talk. I'm so sick of all this talking. A broken heart wrapped up in a box. There's teardrops in my stocking, which is one of the weirder lyrics in the song. There's teardrops in my stocking. I don't know. I like it. I'm here for it. Um, I look under the tree. Uh, we know that part. There's nothing Christmas missing. things. I hate Christmas parties. You offer me some punch, but I just shrug. I hate Christmas parties. You and the cookie tray both hear me say, bah humbug. So it's kind of funny. And Markley Townsend definitely thinks it's like kind of a comedic thing when we play the video about like how the Christmas tree, tr- the cookie tray can hear him talking. Like these funny little asides, these funny little poetic asides mm-hmm. about like you offer me some punch and all that. Um, and then it's a lot of repeating of the lyrics that we've already read. So, yeah, no uh, genius annotations on this. It is credited on Genius to Matt Thiessen and the Earthquakes. Mm. So there is that. It, it's it's a gray area. And I was also trying to think if they might be giants. On the walk with April, I was thinking, like, they might be giants. That's a band. That's a band. Uh, two guys. They have a lot of solo projects. Uh, I was trying to think, is there, you know, and, and the specific parameters for this situation is this was recorded as the side project, but that recording of the side project was released as the main project. Has that happened again specifically? Not a song written for a side project and recorded by the main project, but the actual master recording by the side project canonized as the main project can't think of any real specific versions of that happening but i'm i'm sure it has somewhere so over on uh song meanings this song is credited as a writing credit to matthew arnold teason and on december 9th 2004 edo e-d-d-o said well they actually gave what the uh last line is and then they said but it's a beautiful song, quite possibly my fave Christmas song of all time. This one and Constantine by something corporate, and that's Constantine with a K, are the two main reasons that I am taking a piano class at college. Okay. Sid, C-Y-D-D-X-X, on December 23rd, 2006 said, hella emo, but I love it. Hawken it's not emo underscore and underscore I I understand I understand I understand the word emo is out of control and it's been out of control for decades and there's only so much you can do to fight the tide but this literally isn't emo this is like emo sadness is not wistful sadness it's not emo sadness even in the most radio specific broad sense of the term emo wistful emotion is not emo like emo has to be a more proactive sort different of kind like, of sadness yeah sure so hawken underscore and underscore rockin r-a-w-k-i-n on january 8th 2007 said lmao reliant k emo in all caps no that's funny <laughs> d-a-t-s-f-u-n-n-i oh, they're agreeing with me. yeah real funny funny face love this song pretty darn sad awesomeness a-w-s-h-u-m-n-e-s-s 
JHPIV4 on January 27th, 2007 said, I love this song. It is sad and I like it. XAQ27 on November 6th, 2007 said, I love Reliant K, but this song is very depressing. I really don't like it. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, Bear underscore hug 20 on April 14th, 2008 said, those emo are really quote unquote emo in all caps overreacting on such a powerful and passionate song Good, that yes. aren't really emo song at all. Thank you. Reliant K is a Christian band. C-Y-D-D-X-X. Clean your ears, okay? <laughs> yeah. Some, some, uh, yeah. Some, it's some a real tension pa- in the uh, not even passive aggressive, just flat out aggressive. Here. The J Ham on February fourteenth, twenty ten said, "At emo underscore bear bear sorry, at bear underscore hug twenty. Just because Reliant K is a Christian band doesn't mean they can't be emo. The two things are not mutually yes. exclusive. Have you ever heard of Juliana theory? Nope." Not saying that Reliant K is emo. I'm just saying there are certainly emo influences in some of their songs. Because Ben, this is a Ben Folds song, and Ben Folds is not an emo band. <laughs> like, something could be emotional and not be emo. Emo is a very specific thing that got completely misunderstood, but now it's even further misunderstood. And just because you're emotional and in a rock, but just because you have an emotion, like, what? That makes you emo? Not true. The Last Lover on June 3rd, 2010 said, I remember my saddest Christmas last 2009. My girl broke me and I celebrated Christmas alone. Uh, And then N-E-R-I-E-D-E on August 15th, 2010 said, I like this song as far as Christmas songs go. It reminds me of that song Last Christmas where the the lyrics go something like, Last Christmas I gave you my heart, but the very next day you gave it away. This year to save me from tears, I'll give it to someone special. Special. I can actually kind of see how this might be influenced by that song as well, yeah. It would always play during Christmas and it always irked me i think it might be possible that it irked reliant k as well i don't know it just seemed like the song last christmas treated the subject of giving your heart away as trivial like you can just try again if you mess up it's probably my fave well yeah line that is what you song, can do is i it's a broken heart that you're giving me i'm not sure if they were trying to go for the uh the the, the hard line christian uh you know, you can't love someone and then love someone later thing. I couldn't tell what line they were falling on there, but that is how it works. If you have your heart broken, you can go love someone else. That is that is how it works. You can also get that love back, even if you do break their heart. Yeah. Are you talking about how we got back together after you broke my heart? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Uh, we have a Tufts Daily 2008 album review. This is from January 7th, 2008. Tufts, like the by, school? Yes. Oh, okay. By Matthew D. Of all the the school um, schools that I'm aware newspapers of. that we've we've come up with, you're impressed by this one? Tufts University, Massachusetts school, and just not something I would ever assume would review any music much less i mean i have no idea what their like pop culture influences in their school papers but i've just never heard of a of a pop culture 
review of any kind from Tufts University. Well, Matthew D. Girolamo on January 7, 2008, wrote an article called Reliant K's Christmas Endeavor Offers Nothing New and Nothing Good. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> Along with the cold New England weather, endless shopping and glistening decorations, the season also brings with it a plethora of new Christmas CDs. All these albums cover the classic favorites and some even attempt to create the newest Christmas hit. The problem with the genre is that its market is so limited between the fan base and restricted sale period, yet artists still take the plunge on compilation Christmas CDs. Reliant K's most recent attempt, Let It Snow Baby. Sorry, still to this day, because like when you go to Amoeba Records around this time, they take one of their prime rows and they turn it into all Christmas music. So Mm -hmm. even in 20, I mean, I actually haven't been to Amoeba for Christmas since it relocated, but like the classic Amoeba location up until 2019, like Christmas, you go there and they are shoving Christmas physical media at people. So people love physical Christmas music media. They did it for Halloween as well. Uh, Let It Snow Baby, Let It Rain Dear is the band's effort to enter the hard-rocking Christmas arena, one that already includes untraditional punk and rock compilation albums like Taste of Christmas, Happy Christmas Volume 4, and A Santa Claus 2. A Santa Claus. Sorry, A Santa Claus 2. This comes up every time A Santa Claus comes up, you read it as Santa Claus, which is totally understandable. My apologies? MXPX is on A Santa Claus. Yeah, I just read it as, like, the Santa Claus, too, like the movie. Right. Uh, the better of the Santa Claus movies. I'm just kidding. The first one's the best, <laughs> uh, obviously. Reliant K has the reputation of being a Christian rock band with varying levels of religious music, so it makes perfect sense that the band is releasing a Christmas-themed album. In the past, Reliant K contributed to other albums, but this is the only time all of the band's original songs and covers have been placed in one unit. It consists of 17 tracks of which seven are original diehard fans of the new of the outfit won't find anything particularly new here the cd uses 10 recycled tracks from the band's 2003 christmas album deck the halls bruise your hand lead singer matt Thiessen has an interesting range as he can be heard screaming singing loudly and passionately or quietly and calmly and the range of styles is not for everyone the covers however are enjoyable the boys add harmonies taken from the likes of the beach boys to put their own spin on 12 days of christmas but the simple bass line added to sleigh ride just sounds like an ambitious attempt that does not succeed. Their spin on Old Lang Syne, purely a cappella and beautifully harmonized, will be the perfect thing to play on New Year's Eve. Of course, there is a catch. Halfway through the track, the music stops for a spoken interruption from the bandmates, thanking listeners for buying the album and wishing fans a happy holiday. Which they took from the Beach Boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, their cover of Good King Wenceslas is out of tune and irritating at least the boys don't take this track seriously they start laughing halfway into the song that is the point the original songs (laughs) similarly are nothing spectacular in fact listening to them is occasionally painful the group attempts to be funny with i'm getting nothing for christmas and santa claus is thumb into town and tries to show an emo side with i hate christmas parties no fucking okay toughs you fail Tufts University. <laughs> Goodbye. You guys 
have the worst ones. <laughs> the worst. When ones. do college newspaper articles ever succeed when it comes to relying K? Never, never. But emo- oh my gosh, which which sounds like a chapter out of Chris Carabba's life. Wow. Okay. No. No. I can kind of, okay, I mean, I can kind of get, like, if, if, yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess, I guess I see how, if you're only familiar with these kind of, like, bands that are adjacent to Reliant K, like a dashboard confessional, you might think, like, oh, this is, like, a dashboard thing, but it's not. It is, like, a more specific kind of, how many more times can I say the words Ben Folds, but it is a more specific sort of Ben Folds, sort of jazzy thing. It's not... This is not this song is not coming from a place of of any kind of punk rock or DIY thing, which even as like uh, emotional <laughs> and um, you know and not not uh, dangerous or punk as Chris Caraba is, his records are sold from you know drive through records and all that stuff. He still comes from this sort of like warp tour side of things, this hot topic side of things. I hate Christmas parties comes from this more specific sort of like jazz idea. So it does not have that connection to emo. Like you need to have at the bare minimum to call something just cause something's emotional and then to label it as emo, it needs to have some pop punk or some sort of at the very least like warp tour, hot topic, black eyeliner connection in some way even if the artist who's being accused of being emo themselves doesn't have the black eyeliner or the red tie or any of that stuff (laughs) or isn't sold at hot topic like it still needs like that one percent connect that that one degree of connection to call it emo you can't just take something that is emotional and say it's emo it has to have some and Reliant K is, of course, connected to that. But musically, this song is not a punk song. It is a jazz. It is like a slow... It is like a torch song. It's a torch song. Like, you can't go and take old standard and old jazz torch songs and claim that they're emo. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can't take a uh, you can't take a Chet Baker song and say, Wow, Chet Baker, what a weird... What, a, what an emo guy he was. The Says who? I guess you could. I guess you could technically do that. It's a free country. You can say whatever you want. I've done it at least five times today already. Called Chet Baker emo. Even more depressing is Boxing Day, an ode to the day after Christmas and the melancholy that ensues while reflecting on the past year. The final verdict is that for alternative loving Christians or punk rocking secular Christmas lovers <laughs> or Christian loving Christmas rockers, this album might keyword might be a nice addition to a long list of holiday song cover albums for those who like the occasional bing crosby or frank sinatra this will not be a glass of proverbial eggnog you'd want to drink no matter how festively drunk you are you know we never try to look at where any of these student, uh, college student authors are now. We never try Googling their names. <laughs> Defend this point of view. Just wondering what this this um, this gentleman is up to now who shares a name with two band members in Reliant K. Uh, sales representative for Western States Oil, San Francisco Bay Area. 
maybe, but probably not. Uh, Chief Corporate Affairs Officer, North America, LinkedIn. Hmm, maybe. Uh, Oh, this might be him. I don't know. The age kind of looks right. Maybe he is the Chief Corporate Affairs Officer at L'Oreal USA. Oh. Fuck. If he is. (laughs) Went to the wrong school. Damn. Uh, yeah. Chief Communications Officer at L'Oreal. Oh, can I help you? Well, Andrew? now I'm just depressed. Thank God we've never done this before and we'll never do it again. <laughs> that someone who could re- write a negative Reliant K Christmas review would go on to. That someone who be could a major write at Tufts, the. At uh, L'Oreal. <laughs> that someone who could write the most pretentious dribble I- I've ever read weekly could go on and be far more successful than this podcast could ever dream to be. Tufts University is a private research university on the border of Medford and Somerville, Massachusetts. I mean, this was like 20 minutes. Yeah, aren't they like a science or like a medical sort of college? Yeah, it's like a medical research. They were like 20 minutes from where I grew up. It was founded in 1858 as Tufts College by Christian Universalists who sought to open a non-sectarian institution of higher learning. Interesting. It was a small New England liberal arts college until its transformation into a larger research university in the 1970s through its corporate name, uh, though its corporate name is still the Trustees of Tufts College. Tufts is classified among uh, doctoral universities, blah, 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 blah. Interesting. I was going to say is, that uh, really based on Christian universalism, you know, most people don't care where you go, but maybe they do. Maybe, maybe if we had gone to a better college, we, uh, we too would be influential over at the L'Oreal company. <laughs> if I had gone to Tufts University, I never would have met you unless you went there too. I'm sure wherever I went, God would have led you to the same college so that we would have met. Absolutely. We were written in the stars to be. And this podcast, really, it was that this podcast was written in the stars to be. <laughs> April, 100%. we're not having dinner. I know we're at the table, but we're podcasting. So we have TikToks this week. Oh, good. Merry Christmas algorithm says this one. This is by at Jordan Darling. This guy with a backwards dad cap and a very, very uh, full beard. I mean, it's not a long beard. It's just covering most of his face. And he's just going around lip sync, lip syncing around his, his house. house with the Christmas decorations and the tree around. Message by at points by Joel. Hashtag team best. <laughs> and B, then hashtag team. Uh, oh, sorry. Hashtag holiday dads. During that dramatic part, he's doing like the arms wide open sort of creed thing. With with fake rain or snow falling down around him. It looks like rain, but I think it's and meant to be snow. And then it says community over quantity. At the end of the video. Interesting. And he almost looks like he's wearing eyeliner. He, might he have does. That, he might have that natural eyeliner look like the uh, like the mayor from the Dark Knight movies that was also in Lost. In, uh, right, Lost. yes. <laughs> his, his beard is very, very dark, so it's possible. It's like very full and, and lush. Numbers don't matter. It also says numbers don't matter. Uh, during the snow slash rain bit. I guess it's, I think it might be a sports thing. Oh. Quantity over... Or maybe he's just like, hey, 
be part of my team and watch my videos. <laughs> right. Uh, then we have this one that says at Darth X E R I K Darth X Eric. I hate Christmas parties. Broken heart emoji. Hashtag Loki. Hashtag Loki talk. Hashtag Thor. Hashtag Odin. Hashtag Frigga. Hashtag my hall. Hashtag Brid- Bridgerton. Hashtag Tom Hiddleston. Hashtag Christmas Loki. Hashtag MCU. Hashtag Marvel. Hashtag Real Like. Hey, hashtag <laughs> FYP. <laughs> So there's not much to this video. It's just a close-up of this person who I think is wearing, like, Loki Tom Hiddleston makeup overall. Like, it's this very sort of, like, very defined lines, fallow-looking, kind of making them look almost, you know, like a Tom Hiddleston, like an elf or something, you know, very elven look. Uh, yeah, like that gaunt sort gaunt, of look. Gaunt, yeah. that's the word I was looking for. And they're just lip-syncing to the song. And they're wearing a sad. Christmas sweater and a Christmas uh And taking scarf. off their Christmas, like, decorations. Not much to it visually. But interesting hashtags, to say the least. <laughs> and then finally, we have get the full experience on the app. No, thank you. Open TikTok or log in. I will do neither of these two things. <laughs> so let's click on open. There you go. Uh, oh, gosh, darn it. Oh, no. Oh, stop trying to take me to the store. I don't want it. No, thank you. Uh the little word bubble says there's so much pain surrounding Thanksgiving and Christmas that we began dreading them. And it sucks because we, because logically we know that we are in a safe space with family and friends, even though we have had so many good holidays, we want to heal and have fun, but it always feels so impossible. And then so, there's a little blue thing that says frost underneath. I mean, TikTok can be such a mess at times, like this podcast. But, like, <laughs> aesthetically, what's going on in this video is it's this this uh, feminine-looking individual. And they have sort of, like, vampire uh, contact lenses in. Or, or maybe that's their eyes. But they have this very, very, very striking, almost fantasy-looking eyes. And they have the two Mike Herrera uh, yeah, they hoop do. lip piercings. They have the two hoop lip piercings. And they're just lip syncing the song in their living room. But then on screen is all that text we just read. So then it's just like, that's what makes TikTok sort of like unbearable to me. Like, it's like you have to read this this stuff on on the screen that's giving the message of the TikTok at the same time that they're lip syncing and you're hearing the lyrics. It's like, you got to watch the same TikTok like eight times in a row just to get all the message that's coming through. And this may or may not be like a fandom thing because it's it's right. at Jericonian system. Frost helps bring Lex's rage down during <laughs> right. this time of year by being melancholy. Right. Legion. Hashtag Jerochian Ger- system. Hashtag did is unique. Hashtag trauma survivor. Okay. Give me one of those character-specific sounding hashtags, and I'll try to figure out what Oops. fandom this might be tied to. Oh, did you already close everything? <laughs> Don't worry uh, about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Might not work out right. Uh, then theme song of the day blog. Okay. Uh, posted by Amy, December 19th, 2011. I Hate Christmas Parties by Reliant K. I Hate Christmas Parties by Reliant K on Groove Shark. Day six. In the 12 Days of Christmas Song Challenge is 
song that makes you sad. I'm sure there are other sad Christmas songs, but this is my favorite sad one. I think you should be proud of me for not posting a Reliant K song until now, other than the one to introduce the challenge. For the record, I actually love Christmas parties, and I especially love the student ministry's tacky Christmas sweater party that my baby girl and I went to tonight. We actually had a hard time finding tacky sweaters. I don't know if we waited to shop until too late in the season or what. But Wade actually encouraged head-to-toe tackiness, so I think we did good. (laughs) You'll have to excuse the pictures of me with my girl. Cody took them, and he has a hard time being still. But I wanted you to see a couple of awkward poses. Here are just a few of the girls in their tacky attire. Like we shouldn't be seeing into their life this closely. (laughs) The girl on the left made her outfit. And here I am with most of the other adult leaders at the party. Back to the original reason for this post. Is there a Christmas song that makes you feel sad? Uh, And (laughs) then Brooke said, even with your sweater tucked in, you look cute. Jack W. said, going home for Christmas by Stephen Curtis Chapman always reminds me of my grandparents as Texas, both of whom passed away several years ago. So, yeah, it makes me pretty sad, but in a joyful way. The most depressing Christmas song of all time is Christmas Shoes. It makes you sad and it doesn't make you feel good or hopeful. Featuring Friend of the Pod and Earthquake, Robert Gay. Exactly. Uh, Lies Young Women Believe blog. December 5th, 2018. Not So Merry or Bright by Sarah Garrett. We often think of the Christmas season as a glorious time of love, celebration, and cheer. That's why when I heard Reliant K's song, I Hate Christmas Parties for the first time when I was in college, it immediately made me stop and think. The lyrics at the end of the song say, It made me think. The exact same thing went through my head. But we don't really want to talk nope. about that video. The lyrics well, at the I gotta, end of the I song say, say I hate Christmas parties. You offer me some punch, but I just shrug. I hate Christmas parties. You and the cookie tray both hear me say bah humbug sad right not on. exactly what hold i on. feel like hearing at this time of year hold on hold on hold on i just gotta say this there's this infamous video of barbara streisand you can look it up on your own you can look it up on your own <laughs> it's a psa for like the handicap mentally handicapable kids who were like finding uh, you know positions in society right but they use the they use the arsler it's very <laughs> like, unfortunate just flat the out. whole thing is very unfortunate <laughs> but but it's it's it's, it's and barbara streisand it's barbara streisand it. using it and she's a dick the way she talks about but it made me think and that's the thing we don't take like the the real problematic language from it we can't stop saying to each other. It made me think because she's talking she's like, about she these starts children. her song and then yeah. she's like, "That song was a very lucky song for me, but it made me think." And it's like, like she's okay, so she's so to, thoughtful. Yeah. I think about the the children who aren't neurotypical, except I don't have that kind of sensitive language nowadays. I'll say something way worse. But it's just like we can't. And it made stop. me think of my hit selling song Whenever. that I'm going to talk about in this commercial. <laughs> And really just push myself and mm-hmm. tell you how good I am because I think of these children finding their positions in society and then saying it in the most gross way. 
Man, I want a high-definition version of that because it's also like a low-res. No, no. It does not need to exist in the world. Sad, right? Not exactly what we <laughs> yes, feel like hearing sad. this time of year. No, but not at all. this song does highlight an idea we may forget or ignore during the holiday season. Sometimes Christmas just isn't happy or merry or bright. When it's not a merry little Christmas, why would Christmas time be sad for anyone? This season can actually be difficult for many reasons. A recent death of a loved one or the grief-filled memory of a death in December. Everyone's family seems to be happy and celebrating except yours is falling apart. All the happy couples put the exclamation point on your singleness, lacking the money for gifts or even just to pay the bills. Everyone else's joyful pics on social media highlight your depression. It's easy to say, just brush it off and be happy. It's Christmas. But it's not that simple. I can clearly remember the ache of the first Christmas without my paternal grandparents, who died Mm. in the same year within six months of each other. I remember being miserable in a family situation, and all the happy family Christmas cards I received that year made me sick to my stomach. Maybe you're also dealing with some sadness of your own. Maybe it's a situation I mentioned, or maybe it's something completely different, and it's keeping you from celebrating the season. I want you to know that I've been there. I understand your pain, and many others reading this probably do too. It's always important in times of sadness to remember that you're not alone. Emmanuel, God with us, never leaves your side. And when Christmas just doesn't feel merry or bright, we can remember these two truths. It's more than okay to hurt or grieve. Emotional pain and grief require time to process. It's okay to recognize the hurt that's in your heart. It's okay to grieve and cry and pray tear-filled prayers. But don't forget that God sees your hurt and invites you to draw close to him. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Psalms 34, 18. Maybe you feel like you need to hide your pain because it could put a damper on other people's happiness, but you don't need to hide from God. He is always there. He knows your pain. He's always ready to listen. Psalms 28, 8. Even in grief, you can celebrate the birth of Christ. To hopefully add some redemption to Reliant K's Christmas album, there's another song called I Celebrate the Day. The most meaningful lyrics say, I celebrate the day that you were born to die so I could... One day pray for you to save my life. That, dear sister, is a reason to celebrate. The gift of salvation is truly the best gift ever given. Your celebrations may not include all kinds of holly jolly festivities, but adoring Christ will be meaningful. He's the one who came to rescue us from our pain and sorrow. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, Isaiah 9-6. Have you ever experienced an unhappy Christmas season? What helped you celebrate Christ in the midst of your hurt? Feeling extra festive? Looking for even more Christmas blogs? Visit Revive Our Hearts, First Songs of Christmas blog. Every day in December, it's like an online advent calendar offering a special little something each day. Merry Christmas. That's really nice. Yeah. I feel like that's the best written blog we've ever come across (laughs) in two and a half years of doing this podcast. (laughs) Because I always get so bullet points. And like, yeah, you know what it tackles? It's theologically sound and kind. Yeah. Yeah, that's, and it that's tackles great. a difficult topic in a very uh, sensitive manner. sensitive manner. Yeah. yeah, that was really nice. 
no uh no Danny cynicism to attack that blog. Then, and we've read about this before, but I don't know if we've actually read the article itself on the podcast, Pop Sugar. Okay. Sorry to your faves, but Reliant K actually has the best Christmas album from December 4th, 2020 by headline, so Kelsey but... Gibson. Okay. As a December baby, Christmas has always been my favorite holiday. I'm that person who will gladly put up my tree early and start playing festive music before Thanksgiving. You just, you just describe like most people. <laughs> While I love all traditions that come with the holiday, my favorite Christmas album is a bit untraditional. When everyone else is blasting Mariah Carey or Michael Buble, you can find me screaming along to Reliant K's 2007 album, Let It Snow Baby, Let It Reindeer. The Christian rock group first rose to fame in the early 2000s with hits like Be My Escape and Who I Am Hates Who I've Been. But if you ask me, their holiday album is one of their best records of all time. It stays true to the band's signature sound by weaving upbeat tempo tracks and heartbreakingly beautiful melodies throughout. Sure, a rock Christmas album isn't exactly conventional, but that's what makes it so memorable. As each new song plays, you're never sure what sound you're going to get next. Each December, I look forward to whipping out my CDs, yes, CDs, blasting it loud and on the speaker. Yeah, take that Gen Z and... (laughs) I'm singing along at the top of my lungs. Well, I'm getting nothing for Christmas and Santa Claus is thumbing to town are hilarious in their own right. One of my personal favorites to jam out to is their wild and fun rendition of 12 Days of Christmas. Something about hearing them sing Five Golden Rings with a full backup choir makes the already obnoxious song even more obnoxious in the best possible way. (laughs) Trust me, you'll never hear the song the same way again. The album also features, whoops, so my phone does this thing where when I go to websites that have YouTube links, like, are embedded in them, Uh it it automatically starts playing them. Right, yeah. The album also features some really emotional tracks. In Like a Lion, Always Winter, which was originally written for the Chronicles of Narnia soundtrack, speaks of a place cursed with an eternal winter without Christmas. Well, I Hate Christmas Parties is all about holiday heartbreak. Although my personal favorite is I Celebrate the Day, which always manages to make me shed happy tears as they sing about the true meaning of Christmas. While the album is untraditional at first glance, it's actually the perfect Christmas album as it encompasses all of the emotions that come with the holiday season. It's bright and entertaining. It makes you feel warm and light, but there's also a bit of melancholy. For some people, the holiday brings joy as they surround themselves with loved ones and give back. But for others, it just brings them sadness as they look back on holidays past and what they've lost. After 2020, I can certainly relate to both of these emotions this holiday season, which is why I'll be replaying the album and singing along until the end of December. Then we have, and this is truly a testament to this song's popularity, or at least the phrase, I hate Christmas parties. Oh, yeah. The phrase, I hate Christmas, comes up a lot on YouTube and stuff. There's a lot of other songs just flat out called, I hate Christmas. Well, now, these are all specifically, I hate Christmas parties. Uh-huh. We have a Tokyo Mew Mew fic, an NCIS fanfic, okay. two Kingdom Hearts fics, yeah. Sherlock, okay. Attack on Titan, all right. and Swan Queen from Once Upon a Time. Okay. We also have a mini Tumblr fic, which is Jacob Badalon slash Reader. I don't know what any of these syllables mean. Now, I was not sure who Jacob B- Badalon was at first. 
he would be Peter Parker's nerdy techie friend from the Sony slash Marvel what, Ned, Spider-Man movies. Ned, Ned, uh, Ned Beatty? That's his name? <laughs> you talking about his... his Ned or Ted, yeah, Ned, yeah. His name's Ned. I can't remember his last name. Fick, I hate Christmas parties. Yeah, yeah, Tea Shop Girl Part 12 and whatnot. But okay, I love uh, the song based uh, I based this fic on. And there's a serious right. lack of Jacob Battleon fanfic. So, fic, what? I hate Christmas parties. Pairing Jacob Battleon slash reader. Unrequited Jacob Battleon slash uh, Laura Harrier. Yeah, uh-huh. oh, of course. Summary. At Zendaya's annual Christmas party, Jacob decides to tell Laura he's in love with her. Like the actress is just like a little bit of celebrity fic thrown in? Yes, because Jacob Balladon is a celebrity. Oh, these are the celebrities. Correct. Uh, All right. Yeah. It's real people fic. Of course. Why wouldn't I (laughs) have understood and listened properly to what you described? His night is ruined when she shows up with another man until he meets someone that's as miserable as he is. Warnings. Nothing really. Drunk British idiots, maybe. Yes, drunk British idiots. Well, one drunk British idiot. It's Tom. Notes. Do you think Willem Dafoe is going to be in this fan fiction? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's loosely based on like, a Christmas writer. Like, hey. He's one of my favorite actors. <laughs> Jacob Battleon smiled as he looked out the window of his Uber. He was heading to Zendaya's annual Christmas party. And to say he was excited about it was an understatement. A bunch of her industry friends were going to be there. Her assistant, Darnell, who was chill and fun to talk to. Her choreographer friend, Deja Deja. Hashtag Ampersand 8943. (laughs) Most of the Spider-Man cast was going to be there. Tom Harrison and Tom's younger twin brothers, Sam and Harry, were flying in from oh England. God. I don't know who any of these people are. It's are they fantastic. even real? I would imagine so. They <sighs> seem very uh, knowledgeable on the subject. Oh, and lest he forget Laura Harrier. Jacob fell in love with Laura the minute he first laid eyes on her. She was sweet and had a wicked sense of humor and was absolutely gorgeous. He'd never quite worked up the courage to ask her out. Instead, he was content to admire her from afar, but he'd made up his mind. Tonight, he was going to tell her how he felt. Okay. And you'll hear all about that on (laughs) patreon.com slash Sadie Hawkins pod. That's it. That's the one we're finally busting out for the Patreon. We've, we've hinted we're at the idea of doing a someone. fan fiction episode someday. This is the one. It's just the one. cast of Spider-Man. <laughs> I just um, want to fast forward for a second. All right. But yeah, I got to meet Ron Livingston. He's super cool. If you can tell the difference between him and uh, that other guy. Kyle Chandler. Kyle Chandler. <laughs> <laughs> what if they actually met? What if later on in the podcast? What if later on in the fan fiction it turns out they actually met Kyle Chandler and they couldn't tell the difference? Amazing. <sighs> so that's <laughs> that's all I've got this week. What do you have, Danny? Well, I mean, we'll just start with the fan. We took stuff, Tom's, and then we'll end on covers. We took Tom's mistletoe away from him and stuck it to the ceiling. He's short. He can't reach it up there. <laughs> she sighed. <laughs> 
So what I'm learning is that Disney slash Sony Christmas parties are something to hate because it's a lot of teasing, a lot of hazing. A lot of name dropping. Yeah. So we can kind of keep into the shipping fan fiction world and I can play the one shipping video that I found for this, which is set to Girl Meets World. So this is a video from wow. 2015. Amazing. I love it. From 2015 <laughs> uploaded by Aviella Jansen. And this is their Maya and Lucas part two. I hate Christmas parties. So, Jessica and I tried to watch Girl Meets World when it first came out, and, like, the first five minutes of the first episode was just so not our speed. We we tapped out. We tapped out immediately. The only other thing we've ever tapped out of that fast was Zoolander (laughs) 2. Because we have, especially with, like, the way Jessica and I watch bad regional movies that no one would ever be able to, like, stomach. I'm not even talking about from gore and violence. I'm just talking from, like, bad filmmaking. The way we put up with those kind of movies, and yet the first episode of Girl Meets World, we couldn't get five minutes in. Nope. So, apparently... We sat through The Love Guru. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which... And Liz and Dick. The amazing thing about The Love Guru is you have to be filled with hate to find it funny. That's the ironic thing I like to say about The Love Guru. So, this girl that looks like Hayden Panettiere to me, but is not apparently. No, she would be a bit too old to be. And she's just kind of hanging out with Lucas, I guess. And these are their their little ship moments where they kind of look at each other and then it slows down to let you know that. They, they put a little together. filter on there. Adorable. Yep. Because I'm sure there's not a lot of footage of them actually being together. Fuck you. Like all shipping. <laughs> <laughs> so many swears I got to bleep this week. So there's a ton of earnest fan music videos to this song. Really well shot videos. Like a lot of like school projects, but like college school. Like no- There's a couple like badly shot ones that are like funny, but... You know, check them out. I'll post some of them later. There's one where they steal from SR Media on YouTube, where they steal that moment from 500 Days of Summer, where you have the expectation and the reality side by side of the party. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, well, I know this comes from 500 Days of Summer. But for some reason, they label them as phantasm and reality. And I was like, I don't understand. (laughs) I don't understand. Like, This is the footage from the movie Phantasm. Yeah, I was going to say, is it should just be footage from the movie Phantasm. (laughs) So we'll kind of like end with covers instead of like really doing any fan stuff. Oh, wait, no, I got to play this for just a second. Check this out. We've seen Littlest Pet Shop music videos before, where it's like oh, Littlest right. Pet Shop toys yeah. in stop motion to the song. Yeah. But in this case, it's a puppet show. They put wires around the Littlest Look at Pet this. Shops. This is cute. They worked really hard on this. this I love. They boosted the contrast they have their little heads and the moving, saturation. Kind of like they're talking to each other. So this is uploaded by Toven LPS ninety seven five years ago. And also, like, they didn't edit the music in in post. It's in the room. I love it. So That's it's great. like a live puppet show using wires on Littlest Pet Shop toys. You did a great job. Toven. <laughs> it's great. It's really well puppeted, to be honest. <laughs> it is. It's like They're a marionette like just moving their, yeah. their heads just slightly as they, like, speak. 
Yeah. It's wonderful. Oh, and then there's this one other video that I guess... Oh, this kind of ties into something else we happen to talk about. I didn't mean for this to tie in, but speaking of, you know, the unfortunate word that Barbara Streisand uses in that video, there's another video that said, Mm. like, it was like, it's these teen girls, so I won't credit them because I don't want to upset them. And I won't, I won't, I don't want to, like, call them out. Because a video from like 10 years ago, when that word was like acceptable as like a goofy word. Not and you're 10 having, years ago, it wasn't. Well, 10, 15 years ago. When you're, yeah, 10 years ago. I don't know. When 10, 15 years ago, and it's just like Christmas with the, and then that word. and But they mean like we're being goofy around the house, and they use that word for themselves. But then they Jennifer's say- Jennifer's body was like 2009? Which was? Jennifer's body, and I yeah. recall and that being one of the last instances of hearing that word. Where that word was okay. in a theater. Yeah. Well, it was not okay. The but. funny thing about this video by these girls that I, I'm sorry, I won't credit it or name other than to say it has that word in the title. They're like, "This is us rocking out to the song I hit Christmas parties by Reliant K." But then it's that simple plan song about getting the PS2 and everybody <laughs> knows what to do. So they like must have downloaded it off Kazaa or something and didn't know it was the wrong song. And then in the comments, you they're like, "We know we got the song like... wrong. Shut up! Don't tell us." <laughs> you know, Matt Teeson's like, "I want a girl in my bed who knows what to do." A PlayStation Two. Yeah. <laughs> Famous Matt Teeson lyrics. So here is, so there are some really great covers of this song. Really great covers. And here's this first one, which Jessica also happened to find when she was doing her deep dive and she double checked it with me. On Bandcamp, where we don't normally see a lot of covers. And as far as I'm aware, you have to do kind of like legitimate publishing if you're going to do a cover on Bandcamp. Like you can't just upload a cover for the fun of it like you can on SoundCloud and YouTube. I think... You have to properly go through the publishing company and license the song. Hmm. So here is what I assume is like a properly professionally licensed cover of I Hate Christmas Party by a band called An Occasion for Balloons. And this is from the album All the Unreleased Stuff Worth Releasing and probably some that probably isn't. Just one party, not all parties? I hate Christmas parties. Did I say party? Come on. Come on. Get off my back. Leave me alone. (laughs) Well, let me get off that thing for you. (laughs) I'm going to need you to get all the way off my back about that, Jessica. I hate that. I hate that so much. (laughs) (laughs) The screen rant pitch meeting YouTube videos. Anyway, here is an occasion for balloons cover. This is amazing. Check this out. It is I Hate Christmas Parties, I promise. It sounds so different, but we're going to get there.
I was really vibing on the instrumentals. But you didn't like the lyrics? I mean, that's... This is... I can't think... I definitely have heard bands like this. Yola Tango, maybe? I don't know. I These aren't... This is, I mean, this is the kind of music that I come across once in a while, and I'm like... I'm talking about, like, well-known bands that do this kind of style of music. And I'm like, I like this, but then I don't really follow up and, like, really learn those type of bands. You got very, like, 60s sort of beachy guitar going that I really that I really love and yeah. yeah that's sort of compressed sounds like it's recorded far away yeah. vocals yeah um I completely forgot we didn't play any of the Mark Lee Townsend video <laughs> I'll talk a little bit more about that and people can go check it out but I'll I'll give my, more of my notes from it instead of actually playing it which we oh, should play well, we could play it we can play oh it. you're right you're right yeah, we should yeah, let people on. go find yeah. it So that's fun. It's really different and so unique for a lot of Reliant K covers that I ever end up finding. Uh, so let's take a step back. Would you want me to give you like the Cliff Notes version of the Markley Townsend video or actually play a little bit of it? Play a little bit of it. Can you play me the Cliff Notes of it? <laughs> I didn't edit together a Cliff Notes of it. <laughs> That'd be so rude if we took Markley Townsend's YouTube channel and we just cut it down. Like here's oh, no. just the interesting parts. Well, I didn't mean like that. <laughs> it's a 10 minute video. So let's see what he has to say here. Kind of a sleeper on the record, uh, but... Uh, it has a special place in my heart. It, it's uh, I hate Christmas parties, and uh, it's it's a ballad. Matt brought this. I remember the day he brought it to me. Markley Townsend is just so jovial. I love it. I love the energy that he brings. He seems just like a lovely person to be around. Um, beautiful piano ballad. Immediately, kind of Ben folds ish a little bit in some ways. Uh, See, supporting everything I've been saying. <laughs> But the lyrics on it were just hysterical. I mean, it, you have this beautiful ballad, and he's using uh, lines like, uh, uh, you and the cookie tray will hear me say, bah humbug. <laughs> Which uh, just cracked me up. Uh, uh, you know, just against that beautiful, uh, the beautiful chords and the melody and stuff on this. Uh, I love his, his enthusiasm. Where is Mark Lee Townsend originally from? Uh, is he from SoCal? I'm not sure. But he just said the only two performers on the track are Matt and himself. Okay. Uh, later in here, I think he says that there's only 20 tracks that compose the song overall. You know, like different between all the different instruments and vocals and effects, there's 20 different tracks within when he opens up the uh, original Pro Tools project. And he said that that's actually very few for any Matt Thiessen Reliant K project. That to have twenty only 20 tracks is like so minimal. Especially for a song that is clearly has some Beach Boys influence. Like, you know, you would have way more. I mean, Savannah had like hundreds or something, right? When he opens up the old, the old uh, files for Savannah. So here he is opening up the tracks. Individually from the song. Just in the living room of my house. Back to the plus bass again. Mm-hmm. 
somewhere in here as well, he does mention that like Dave just wasn't around. So d- he mm. says that Mark says he drummed on the track, but he heavily implies that if Dave had been available, Dave would have drummed because Dave was a better drummer than Mark feels he was. So that's that extra ambiguity about the line between what the earthquakes was and what Reliant K was that if Reliant K if they were, if members of Reliant K were available, they would just be on an Earthquakes track. And maybe there are all other Earthquake songs that we have never heard that contain Brian and Dave and Hoops at different times in different, uh, different variations. So definitely go check out Markley Townsend's YouTube channel and check out that video. Um, there's one known performance of this video of this song by Reliant K, December 2012. At the hometown, at a hometown Canton, Ohio show. All right. DC Talk is originally from Virginia. Uh-huh. And there are definitely parts of Virginia, as there are parts of Pennsylvania, that have an accent that could be mistaken for the Sorry, surfer dude SoCal type accent. So right. that okay. makes sense. Okay, that makes sense. Sorry, <laughs> a commercial played in the background. But, uh... Here it is. This is the only known live performance on YouTube of I Hate Christmas Parties. We, you can hear people singing in the background uh, very close to the phone. Jessica found a snowflake ornament on the table and put it up to her cheek while that lyric <laughs> happened. Let me skip ahead a little further in where it starts to get rocking. Makes sense as a live song. I mean, essentially, although it's o- it's only twenty tracks, <laughs> according to M- MLT, so it kind of it's almost it's it's not literally a live track on the album, but it has a live track feel. Mm. So performing it live, it's pretty much exactly what the album was, but it still sounds beautiful, and it'd be amazing to hear it um, at a show. Although I don't know, it'll it'll be March when we see them. It'll still be winter. They should just play it. <laughs> So, uh, oh, here's friend of the show, friend of the podcast, Adam Goff has an acoustic version, and we'll play that next. These holidays won't be wonderful. I look under the tree, but there's nothing to see. Because it's a broken heart that 
you're giving me This is from only two weeks ago as well. Oh, Did wow. he know we were doing the song? It sounds beautiful. Don't want to talk. I'm sick of. Okay, that's it. That's it. For sure. Sh- okay. Here's the thing Adam Goff reminds me a lot of David Bazan, Page of the Lion. His tone, his like, his tone, his voice just happens to have that quality. Although I think it's just a coincidence. I don't, I think I've mentioned it to Adam online before, and maybe he hasn't said that's a direct influence. I can't exactly remember. But I don't want to talk. That line, that melody in this song, in the I Hate Christmas Parties, I don't want to talk. I was like, that sounds so familiar. And I was so hung up on the rest of the Ben Foldsness of this song that I couldn't connect it. And I realize now that that specific melodic phrasing, I don't want to talk, that's from a Page of the Lion song. I knew oh, that was okay. hitting something in my brain. I don't know which one it is. It's definitely one of the early that's ones. That's sort of uh, pitch transition? Yeah, that. but that's a very Page of the Lion moment. That's from the first uh, two or three Page of the Lion EPs or records. So I hearing Adam sing it <laughs> and connecting that back to David Bazan even more. So this is like a combination of this jazzy th- of all these earthquake influences that I thought like I didn't think of this specifically as a Page of the Lion type song the way I think of Jefferson Airplane. But now I realize that he took this like he <laughs> Tyson made like a what would you call it like Danny a casserole is shaking his fist and using all the hand I'm just gestures excited because i figured it out <laughs> like early early in the podcast adam sent us a cover for a song that didn't have a lot of covers and i was like oh this sounds great and i just need to i just think i'm just gonna put some reverb on it and it'll sound like something off of uh you know the whole ep by uh page of the lion and so hearing him sing it just finally connected don't want to talk i don't know which page of song it is right now but i could figure that out later and it's not that important but that line page of the lion the rest of the song ben folds five here's uh let's go a little further in of adam's cover some punch but i just shrug i hate christmas parties you and the cookie tray both hear me say bah That's amazing. That's really good. That's a really great cover. Yeah. There are a ton of acoustic bedroom covers, and we just can't get to them all. I want to look for some other sort of unique covers because there are a few more. Here is the sort of Lana-esque, sultry female singer cover that Jessica always wants to hear. Nice. This is uploaded by Chelsea Pratt, who maybe we've seen before. I know we've come across different sort of sultry female singers on YouTube at different points, but I I don't know if we've seen Chelsea specifically. She does a cover of If You Believe Me, which is not a song we've... Did we do that song? Maybe we did. I can't remember anymore. 
<laughs> I don't. I don't think we have yet. She does Samson by Regina Spector. She does some Panic at the Disco. She does Up and Up, which we haven't done. Uh, she does Between the Bars by Elliot Smith. Uh, American by Lana Del Rey. Nice. So she definitely has a Lana Del Rey influence. Lots and lots of covers by Chelsea Pratt. So if you like this, definitely check out their YouTube channel. Here is this cover of I Hate Christmas Parties. Just bring the pain Cause things can't stay the same These holidays won't be wonderful I look under the tree really nice that's really beautiful um and this cover is pretty good but it's just a very unique situation okay this is sam babam and she's on the ground outside in some covering while oh, wow rains that's cool behind and it's very just, reliant it's just, k yeah that last uh video you played also they had a very like reliant k type sheet or something up behind them as they had um like it had like leaves and stuff drawn on right hand-drawn leaves so check out sam b-a-b-a-double-m and two m's from sam as well 10 years ago um there's a lot of cute little like family covers and like i said lots of something that happens a lot is it seems like during like during actual family christmas parties or gatherings that like some of the kids who are musically inclined would get together with their camcorder and set it up all nice and be like, okay, we're going to do this cover together for Christmas around the Christmas tree. And then the family around like eating their dinner, Christmas dinner and having their hors d'oeuvres <laughs> just won't shut up. <laughs> you hear everyone blab, blab, blab. And it happens in a couple different They've covers. been listening to these kids play for years. <laughs> I guess so. So let's see. There's one other Bandcamp one that I accidentally skipped, and this is by, um, this is by Miki Fiki and friends. Wait, charity compilation. So that's the charity compilation. So okay, this band is called Safari Room, and this is from the 2017 the charity compilation by various artists on that's Bandcamp. A sick name. So here is this last cover, and this one's very transformative and interesting. What are you looking up? For? Oops. Oops. You're looking up some... <laughs> Alright, can we wait until after the podcast before you listen, look at your Super Corporal NK videos? <laughs> we'll end on this. Here's the Safari Room I Hate Christmas Parties cover on Bandcamp. 
it snows this week, a snowflake on your cheek would make this Christmas so beautiful. But that would just bring the pain, cause things just can't stay the same. These holidays won't be wonderful. I look under the tree, but there's nothing to see. It's a broken heart that you're giving me And I can figure it out Is this what Christmas is all about? Cause it's a broken heart that you're giving me Already going really interesting. It's a four and a half minute version of the song. We could this sit here and listen so to good. the whole thing. Look at that little like like <laughs> tropical Hawaiian-y kind of guitar, and it just oh, I love the movements in this one. Like so many of these songs, so good. And yeah. and dare I say, the instrumental is better than the original. Like I'm really vibing on this. I mean, yeah, there are some amazing covers. Like the the Reliant K version, of course, is amazing, but. This has gone to some extra cool places, so definitely check out the Sapphire Rooms cover. <laughs> it's a little extra Beach Boysy here. This so. sounds like something you'd hear on NPR. <laughs> Just his bed music. Yeah. So, um, well, Jessica, how do you feel about I Hate Christmas Parties? We also didn't talk about our own Christmas party experience. I don't think I've ever had a bad Christmas party experience overall. And we just had one. We had we took April to a Christmas party, and there yeah. was like this. There was a guy there that was a friend of our friend who was like an actor, and she just fell in love with this guy. We're like, oh, Christmas love. I mean, m- most of our friends. Thing. Both of our friends that were there that were hosting the party are actresses, and yeah, she was like, he was like an extra or something in in uh, the new West Side Story movie. And April was like, "Hi, I hi, like hi. you. Oh, oh, hi!" And we were like, "We have not seen her do this. She's really. never done this for a human. No. She's done it for other dogs. Yeah, she's fallen in love with dogs, but she's never fallen in love with a human. She's like, oh, I like you. <laughs> we're like, what? What is this? <laughs> yeah, so Christmas parties. I don't know. Christmas parties are fine. They're just parties. I like Christmas parties better than I like Christmas music for sure. Free <laughs> free cookies. <laughs> usually like nice like baked appetizers. Your company used to have the best Christmas parties. We'd go to Bolero and they'd give us like a twenty dollar arcade. Yeah, like uh, and just amazing all you can eat like pizzas and chicken fingers and all kinds of right? but, but like really good ones like really good. Now they just have boring adult like like restaurant slash bar slash club parties. Yeah. (laughs) My parents used to host big Christmas parties for my dad's company at our home every year when I was a little kid. So Christmas parties. Fun. I don't hate Christmas parties. I definitely, I don't love Christmas music, but I don't hate Christmas parties. How do you feel about parties in general, Dan? 
I like parties okay. I just don't like parties that I don't really know people. If I know people, I go to the party, I have a good time. If I got to go to a party, don't know the people, why would I go? Why would I want to go? <laughs> don't want to go to that. We generally sit in the corner and just talk to each other the whole exactly. time with you primarily on your phone. Why wouldn't I be? <laughs> That's what you do the rest of the day. <laughs> yeah. So Jessica, yeah. I don't now we know how you feel about Christmas parties, but how do you feel we, about the We we actually don't. I don't think that I actually touched on how I feel about Christmas parties overall, but the song I feel good about. I didn't really listen to it before. Uh it definitely was it's definitely a vibe. Like there's certain I have to be in a certain mood for this song, but I I did enjoy it. So good. And I, yeah, I think I like it a little better now as well. Like, this is a song that I listened to once in a while, and it had that feeling of, of mu- music that I was familiar with before. So I enjoyed it for that, for the Ben Folds, and apparently the <laughs> Page of the Lion connection. But I like it even better now, especially with those covers. Those covers are really good. So support all those artists. Support your local Christmas party. Send us some cookies. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Happy holidays. No Spider-Man spoilers. (laughs) More so, no licorice pizza spoilers, Danny. (laughs) 